Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what do you have for us today? Today I have Lily Mirajnik, who is an American film and television actress, uh, age 32, living in NYC. She is a costume designer in addition to that. Notable for designing the costumes of both uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, and the film Cha- Chaplin, <laughs> uh, for which she has a BAFTA Award nomination, oh. as well as the film Barry Carson. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. There is some more here, okay. mainly about her acting career, but being that I don't recognize anything after, well... Let's just say she started out fine. <laughs> and then um I don't I don't know. <laughs> what do you what do you have over there, Eric? Anything a little more uh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's not a good reaction. The mine's not a little more of anything. <laughs> okay, alright, fair enough. Uh it's Manoyan. That's annoying. <laughs> what's up what's Manoyan? It's an Armenian surname. With two notable people attached to it. There's David Manoyan, born in 1990, who is a footballer. And Hiro Manoyan, I assume. Uh, Hiro Manoyan? Is a politician. Seems like every list of surnames we come across, it's mostly footballers and politicians. Whether that be American footballers or European right. footballers. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that is the entire article of mine. So, hmm. either American footballer, Armenian politician, or maybe delve deeper into your subject. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or... <laughs> We could just choose something, and then we can well, be like, all right, well, we actually want to go to this article, so let's just go there. You know, in mine, I have options for, like, Los Angeles or New mm. York City, uh, several schools, several dramatic academies, which might be interesting. We might want to go into, like, the... We've done education a little bit before. Yeah. We've done acting a little bit before. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have delved into uh, the exciting world of how you become one of those things. Mm. But true. at the same time, we haven't delved into the exciting world of Armenian politics <laughs> either. So, um, <laughs> Well, I think I'm leaning towards yours this one. Yeah, um, yeah. And I do, and I do, I do want to emphasize leaning like, like it, it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah. These these two butt heads, and nobody's really a winner. It's just that eh. yeah. more options is we, good. So we get people a lot, but yeah, it's nice to have options of places, places to go. Non-people yeah. places to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's Lily Mirajnik, M-I-R-O-J-N-I-C-K, and that should be one of the only Mirajniks, I would imagine. I suppose I should. Uh, Nope. connect to my Wi-Fi because for some reason it likes to cut out periodically. Yeah, the internet just stops working on my laptop only. Every other device in the house is perfectly fine. Welcome and to <laughs> having a Dell laptop. That's product placement for Dell. Uh, no, but it, it's not. It's something that happens on Windows. If you have a Windows laptop... That's running Windows 10, and you own a Dell laptop of any sort, whether it be an Alienware performance laptop or a 
regular old Dell laptop <laughs> or even like one of their high-end computing ones. Doesn't matter. Same crappy Wi-Fi, same driver problems. <laughs> it's an Intel problem, really, is what it is. Mm, yeah. Well, because they make the chipset. How do you spell the last name again? Oh, uh, Mirajnik. M I R O J N I C K. Television actress. Hmm. Never heard of her. Me neither. And Although I think she there's has a been reason in why. Two movies that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, as uh. Slay, who I don't believe was an actual character in Cloverfield, <laughs> Coat Checker, an uncredited role in G-Force, and Sorority Girl number two in the movie, Domino. So, uh, being, so having been <laughs> in, loosely interpreted, is, so you know... So, more of, more of a, uh, an extra type role. Right. Here. And she has been in some episodes of TV shows... Rules of Engagement, Blue Bloods, Grimm, Grey's Anatomy. Only for one episode each time, but I mean, it's more likely that she had a speaking part there, maybe. Probably. I feel like it's easier to get a speaking part in a TV show episode than a non. Yep. Because they're looking for just random people to show up for one episode and yep. do some stuff. Exactly. Or one guy to repeatedly show up with varying hairstyles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. She's in a bunch of plays. She was in a bunch of plays. Um, some I actually do know the name of, like The Crucible, uh, Cabaret. She was Reverend Hale in The Crucible, which is <laughs> interesting. Uh, Hot L. Baltimore. Don't know what that was, but she stuck the character of a uh, girl in that one. <laughs> So it seems like she is. Hmm. You know, well, maybe she's more employed. of a costume designer. Maybe it's one of those things where she's done more behind-the-scenes stuff, and then they pull her into the acting side every once in a while. Maybe, but the thing that I'm curious about is this filmography. It doesn't look like it's very complete. Look. It says in the acting career section of the article that in 2011, Lily Guest starred in the CBS TV drama Person of Interest as ex-serviceman Joey Durbin's girlfriend in Mission Creep. And then if you look at the television show, (laughs) television show filmography directly below that, Mm. there is no mention of her role on Person of Interest at all. So maybe she just wasn't a person of interest. Her IMDb page Mm. lists 34 different roles. Okay. So that there is, you know, at least 15 to 20 more <laughs> roles than is listed so on this Wikipedia article. Somebody's just not tending the garden of this Wikipedia article right. is what it comes down to. Yeah. Or they just picked out a couple notable ones. Although <laughs> uh, some of those films don't seem too notable, but I don't know. Um... And I guess I'm wrong about the behind-the-scenes stuff because she has zero credits behind the scenes. Even though she's been a BAFTA-nominated costume designer, I guess that's just... just she's just not done that anymore. She's I finished with so. it. She designed the costumes for G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra and yet... and the, and Chap, Chaplin, but she is not credited for that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Something about this is a little weird... Okay, I'm going to go to uh, G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra's IMDb page. And uh, costume design, Ellen Mirajnik. Not Lily Holy crap, we have a a case of mistaken (laughs) identity. Yes, we do. Oh, boy. Uh, Do we have have to to fix everything? Do we have to edit this Wikipedia article to make it less interesting? We do. As a matter of fact, it is our civic duty to do this. Oh, man. That, uh, that must be a sad day for Maybe Lily. Lily Mirajic was actually doing this herself. Maybe she was like, maybe I can just on the, on the sly, like, build my resume and nobody will check. Unless Wikipedia comes up before uh, IMDb for people, usually. Mm, just to double check. Oh, wait, wait, okay. This is interesting, though. Ellen Mirajnik does 
uh, have a few crossover credits, such as Cloverfield, huh. G-Force, Wait. Um, Person of Interest. Um, uh, this is starting to sound a lot more like this article actually should be the one for her. Well, yeah. Um, all right, let's... I'm just going to check Wikipedia for Ellen Mirajnik and see. That it, wow. A different article. That Holy crap. That is a stub. That is two sentences long. And uh, all of her information is over in Lily Mirajnik's um, page. Yeah. Uh, she has a different birthday. What's going on here, man? This is freaking me out. This is very, very odd. <laughs> like, okay, so reading this acting career thing. Okay, Mirajnik's second film, Peripheral Vision, was made in 2007 but cannot be found in any source on Google search. According to some websites about Lily Mirajnik, Mirajnik has only starred in Cloverfield and Domino, but according to IMDb, her IMDb resume... She has starred in two other films. What's going on? <laughs> okay. So. Okay. <sighs> the costume designer credits are pretty oh, whoa, 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 obviously Ellen Mirajnik. Okay. All right. I guess we should back up. Uh, the mentions of G.I. Joe and Chaplin, it does say she was born to Ellen Mirajnik who is a costume designer and actress. Okay. So the so that the part mothers. is correct, but for some reason, all of that information is not included on Ellen's page. Right. But still, it's... Uh, it's very strange. Now, I guess at that juncture, though, it does become a little less suspicious in that... It could just be a family connection, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. She could just be on the same films because her mother may have been like, hey, you're my daughter, and <laughs> I'm the cost- I'm in charge of the costumes, so you're going to be hired on this film making costumes now. Congratulations. <laughs> and you know what's really funny about this? What? The only reference on this article is Ellen Mirajnik biography. Yeah. So, what? <sighs> why is it? Why do they call it a biography? If you go to it, it's a bibliography. Yeah, that's not. Or a filmography, I guess. It's not a biography. That's not right. <laughs> a biography is a life story. I mean, there is a mini bio available, I guess, but like, I don't know why it's like contributing. Obviously, what most of the page isn't <laughs> to ninety percent of be. the page is a list of movies that she's worked on. Right. That's okay. It's not right. Yeah, there, there's something funky about this page. Like somebody tried to make a bot that could automatically compile Wikipedia <laughs> articles, only to find that wait, you need to have first names too. Yep. Something's amiss. I can't. And- quite place what Ellen she doesn't have anything on her page even though she has done substantially more stuff especially in the in the way of costume design her filmography is like twice as long as her her daughter's unless she's the one that wrote up Lily's page she's like oh I'm so proud of my daughter for being on all these films and then she types up the page and makes it all nice and everything but she doesn't really care about her own page because she's too excited about her daughter. That could be. Maybe she's just a real good mom, man. Although it is interesting how it's, it says uh, Ellen Mirajnik is a costume designer and actress, and yet she has one acting credit to her name from 1984. Mm-hmm. So. so she did do something, but... She is technically an actress because she has acted in a thing once one time but she is most notably a costume designer because she has a lot of costume designing credits to her name 
and a lot that uh, I actually recognize, too. This isn't like under-the-radar movies here. Got like Face Off, Ghost in the Darkness, Twister, Cliffhanger, a lot of stuff on there. But, uh, yeah. So where do we actually want to go? I mean, I don't know. I'm a little curious about that, uh, that movie that was made that can't be found in any Google search. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to put that one to the test. That one that doesn't seem <laughs> right. Okay, well, if I put in peripheral vision movie, the first thing that comes up is IMDb. Second one is the trailer for the movie. Third one is the Rotten Tomatoes page for the movie. Fourth one is the Rotten Tomatoes review page for the movie. The next one is movie trailer on Vimeo. So every single result on here is for the movie. As long as you put movie into the search terms. Because just putting in peripheral vision will give you a lot of information about the very common terminology for how you see out the side of your eyeballs. <laughs> so that's probably that's a problem. What they came the problem they came across here. They whoever wrote this up was like peripheral vision. I never heard of that. They type in peripheral vision in and Google and they're like, like, "Hey, there's nothing about this movie on here. Just something about your eyes." But if you put peripheral vision film mm-hmm. or peripheral vision movie yep. <laughs> then or heck even peripheral vision to buy because I guarantee you <laughs> there isn't a way to buy that yet <laughs> not the like human biological feature anyway yeah but uh, yeah there, there yeah, there's plenty of um, plenty of search results if you just type in the right terms if you just, so. you know, try and use Google correctly, <laughs> then, then maybe you'll fare better. Mm-hmm. And that's such an odd line to put in a Wikipedia article. That just sounds <laughs> like somebody is hastily... It's just like they're frustrated. They're like, oh, their second film was made in 2007, but don't even bother trying to Google search it because you can't find anything about it. I really can't <laughs> understand who wrote this article. This like, It's like somebody just like really didn't care. And then wrote this like, yeah. if she wrote this, and she may well have, it must have been a day when she had some really low self-esteem. <laughs> there must have been something going on, yeah. or her mom wrote it and was just like, that actually supports the mom theory in my mind. That could be because like this old lady sits down, she's trying to do something sweet for her daughter, but then just like quickly gets frustrated <laughs> with technology. She's like, I was trying to find a reference for that movie, but I can't even find it in Google. So I guess it's right that I can't find it, even though I know it's a thing. She was totally in that movie. I Which tell is you. weird because I I know for a fact like <laughs> you don't you're not the least technologically enhanced yeah. person if you can make a Wikipedia page <laughs> yeah, that's with all the true. tags and stuff. Like there's no there's no way that you're inept. Is the how thing. are you editing a Wikipedia article and you don't know how to Google <laughs> things like right? I don't. There's like a weird. Uh. There's some weird disparity in the <laughs> skills required and the skills this person has that I don't really understand. Uh. Um, but I mean, I guess it's it, it, it's possible it exists. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Um. Well, it looks like the last editor on this Wikipedia page was Tim Roll Pickering. Oh, Pickering. So. Well, I guess after that there was a somebody else, but. Um, he was the last recognized, like, registered user. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there a way to view the previous pages? Ah, compare selected versions. There we go. Uh, oh, they added an episode. Hmm. Well, we have a link to Google search, actually. For some reason, they felt the need to... We can link to Google search and be like, here, try it yourself. <laughs> And we did, and we were better. So, mm. February first, twenty seventeen, man, that's not acceptable. Yeah, like people have been here since Google search could have churned up the results. <laughs> yeah. And is there? I. Yeah, I don't see how far back Google search goes. Maybe 
That's just something that is... No, wait a minute. There's no way that there have been 500 edits to this thing. Alright, so couldn't be found on, in any source on Google search. Has been in there since the beginning. That's what it looks like. Alright, I think. Yeah. Yep. It's been in there since the beginning. Uh, so, who was it that entered that? Usman Hashmi. We'll hush you all right. Don't worry. <laughs> so, yep. That was the first contributor to this article. So here we have some interesting avenues we could pursue. So, I mean, we could go to the uh, Wikipedia page for Google search. That's, yeah. I never thought we were going to... <laughs> I didn't actually want to go there, but I mean, I guess we could. Or IMDb resume, or IMDb... In general, yeah. Or we could go to Peripheral Vision, because even though it doesn't have, uh, you know, results on Google... There's a Wikipedia article for it. That's true. <laughs> or we could even go to <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. The article that is linked from <laughs> Peripheral Vision on here is the actual article for Peripheral Vision. For the, 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 the eyeball the, version of yep. Peripheral Vision, not yep. the movie Peripheral no, Vision. It is. it is, in fact, the action <laughs> of having Peripheral Vision. So, there's that. So we've stumbled into a treasure trove of incorrectness that ultimately <laughs> is kind of a blessing in disguise for our purposes because now we can go everywhere. Yeah. Like, if this guy didn't, or person, I assume it's a guy, yeah. but because it seems like something a guy would do. Like, yeah, <laughs> screw it. This, this is not cool. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that if there wasn't somebody exceptionally lazy out there, we wouldn't mm -hmm. have the option to go to a Google search article. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's no need for that to be there, save as an explanation for this person's <laughs> incompetence. <laughs> That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and apparently there's no article for the Peripheral Vision movie. Yet. I mean, there could be. We can find information about it on yeah. Google. Yeah, I mean, we can find information about it but uh, it's not on Wikipedia yet so there's a link to the trailer on YouTube I mean we can just because it's a French movie doesn't mean it's like <laughs> oh wow it's not from Hollywood I mean come on it was made in 2011 it's not even that old it's around oh wait it says on here 2007 sorry 2008 oh okay point is it's new enough oh yeah <laughs> it, yeah yeah. I mean, it does look like a very uh, under the radar movie, though. Because the IMDb page doesn't even have a whole lot. Oh my goodness, the the poster for it. Now that I zoom in <laughs> on IMDb. Um, that is uh, very uh, slapped together poster. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, it kind of looks very poorly made, but it's got the um, what's that font called? Papyrus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a very photoshopped, like Blech. cropped out people just Blech. placed in front of some building. That's also had the sky cropped out of it. It's yeah, it's very um, obviously a low-budget movie. Kind of curious to see the trailer for this thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I wanna I wanna do that while we're here. While we're on it. Yeah. Just check it out on YouTube. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Or, of course, you could, you know, Google uh, <laughs> Peripheral Vision Film, and it will be the second search result. Yes, it will. Because that's how Google works. You, you, <laughs> you do it right. Well, it's a, it was a, the choice of some sort at the Long Island Film Festival in 2008. Hmm. 
This is not a very good trailer. No. <laughs> Is that green screen? Well, He's just sitting in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where should we go? <laughs> yeah, have, about that. We have a lot of uh, options here. We have movies. We have a year. Just I'm thinking. I'm thinking at this point, though, I would really like to go for like a google search a google search <laughs> yeah yeah let's do yeah it. when let's are we do... ever going to get google search again i have no idea Who, but... nobody would ever think to link to google search exactly. exactly because nobody would ever think to write google search in an article all right we'll go to google search <laughs> okay so google search commonly referred to as google web search yeah, commonly. I don't just say Googling something. <laughs> That's a, or simply Google. Google it. But that is the first one that should be there. Referred to as I think Google. Less commonly referred to as Google Web Search. More commonly referred to as Google. Commonly referred to as Google. Properly referred to as Google Web Search. Because you're Never doing a search of the web through Google. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, yeah. Google search is in the middle between those two, I would say. I mean, I could see myself saying, hey, do a Google search on that or something. But but they're not even talking about the act here. They're talking about the, the full actual the title thing. of the thing. And the title <laughs> of the thing, so far as I've been aware, has always just been Google. Yeah. Like, just it was immediately Google. <laughs> just Google. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it might have had like a little tiny subscript of web search somewhere, but... Um, it's always just been Google, as far as I know. Because it was developed by Google. The most used search engine in the worldwide on the World Wide Web. How about that? Boom. There it is. <laughs> Never would have guessed. It's almost as if saying, hey, Google something is easier than saying, hey, can you go do a search on Yahoo for that? Or, <laughs> hey... Can you uh, go on to Bing and find something for me? They handle more than 3 billion searches every day. Nice. I don't know. It almost seems lower than I would expect. To be honest. Well, I mean, I think other countries have other like preferred web engines that they uh, use. Not everybody was so. developed in the fertile crescent that is Google. I guess if it was like three billion in America alone, I could see that for sure. Right. I probably do at least three or four every day. Well, the article repeats itself. As of February 2016, it is the most used search engine in the U.S. with 64% market share. I feel like those two pieces of information aren't necessarily linked. Yeah. Probably, probably like, not. Market share does not equal users of the thing. It, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, market share is just how many investors are involved. In, so, I don't know. And I feel like it was much sooner than February 2016 that it was the most used search engine. You would think so, but they were like, you have to account for how many, how people browse the web stupidly. <laughs> people used to go to Yahoo all That's the time yeah. just because they knew what Yahoo was first. <laughs> people still use the browser Netscape because they liked it for yeah. some reason, even though they stopped updating it in 1999. <laughs> I mean, I feel like at one, like sometime recently, I tried to get Netscape again. I'm like, oh. I remember this being good, but. It's there have been so many more improvements on other things now. Yeah. And as it turns out, there are a lot of features that you lost from those old browsers, but it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't really need those. Yeah. Functionality is still there mm -hmm. if you want it. Having it be modular like Chrome or Edge or whatever else, Firefox, I guess, still kind of is relevant. Yeah. Um... That, that, that's where it's at. Netflix, Netscape. Netscape. 
is not one of those like ones you can play around with a whole lot. It's very structured, right? So, uh, yeah, since they've introduced things like add-ons and extensions that has changed the changed browser the landscape. Uh, but the order of search on Google's search results page is based in part on a priority rank called a page rank. Google Search provides many different options for customized search using Boolean operators such as an exclusive dash XX, alternatives XX or, X or YY or ZZ, and wildcards. Winston Star Churchill returns Winston Churchill or Winston Spencer Churchill, etc. Uh... The same and other options can be specified in a different way on an advanced search page. Uh, also, I uh, should mention while we're on Google search mm-hmm. that if you search the Wikipedia Chronicles without quotation marks, um, which I used to have to do to get our anything to anything pop to up, up on the Google search, yeah, now it's now it is the fourth result. We, our iTunes page is the fourth result, and then we our Stitcher page is the next one, and um, we got uh, that's it on the first page. But uh, yeah, so we're at least we're at least on the first page. Yeah, and our above, and we're above the comp, uh, the people also ask box. Right. So that's good. So, you know, we're, we're, we're climbing up. We're climbing up there. We're almost the direct result for the thing that you can get from <laughs> typing us in word for word. <laughs> Which is cool. Uh, uh, Wikipedia yeah. Chronicles, did you mean... Are you sure you weren't trying to find Chronicle the movie? <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. No, Google, I was trying to engage in self-gratification. Thank you very much, but... Um, so in any case, the main purpose of Google is to hunt for text and publicly accessible documents offered by web servers as opposed to other data, such as images or data contained in databases. Originally developed by Larry Page and Sergey Brin in 1997, Google Search provides several features beyond searching for words. These include synonyms, weather forecasts, time zones, stock quotes, maps, earthquake data, movie show times, airports, home listings, and sports scores. There are special features for numbers, dates, and some specific forms, including ranges, prices, temperatures, money, and measurement unit conversions, calculations, package tracking, patents, area codes, and language translation. In June 2011, Google introduced Google Voice Search to search for spoken rather than typed words. In May 2012, Google introduced a knowledge graph semantic search feature in the United States. And uh, an analysis of the frequency of search terms may indicate economic, social, and health trends. Data about the frequency of use of search terms on Google can be openly inquired via Google Trends and have been shown to correlate with flu outbreaks and unemployment levels and provide the information faster than traditional reporting methods and surveys. As of mid-2016, Google's search engine has begun to rely on these deep neural networks. And uh, October 2016, Gary... Ilias, a webmaster trends analyst with Google, announced that the search engine will be making a new primary web index dedicated for mobile with a secondary, less up-to-date index for desktop use. The change is a response from the continued growth in mobile and a push for web developers to adopt a mobile-friendly version of their websites. Ilias stated the change will happen in months. So, as of now, it has probably already happened. Mm-hmm. Competitors of Google include Baidu and Soso.com. <laughs> I feel like we've come across Soso before. It's Soso. <laughs> uh, those are Chinese competitors, so yeah, I think we did. Yeah. There's also uh, Naver.com and Daum.net in South Korea, Yandex in Russia, Seznam in Czech Republic, 
Yahoo in Japan. <laughs> what? Wow. No. No. Japan was... is all about Yahoo. I guess. Taiwan and the United States as well. Okay, uh, so okay. it was just preambling there. As well as Bing and DuckDuckGo. That's the United States one? Uh, DuckDuckGo. <laughs> uh, are people still trying to unseat Google? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why anybody would come up with a new search engine at this point. I mean, DuckDuckGo isn't the most new, but it is Pennsylvanian, so I suppose I suppose I have to support it. Yeah, it's based in Paoli, PA. Uh, 2008 is when it starts. Hmm. It is a website that not only has a regular URL, but also it's one of those terrible websites that has a Tor URL <laughs> with all those numbers dot onion. <laughs> So I guess it might be like the search engine of choice for the deep web or something. You know what? DuckDuckGo there. Let's go there. <laughs> I mean, we all pretty much know what happened with Google. Started out with two guys in a the garage. They sold it for billions of dollars, and now it has become as evil as they never wanted it to be. So, well, here's the thing about DuckDuckGo. When I type in our Wikipedia chronicles, uh, we're nowhere near the top of the list. And DuckDuckGo? <laughs> yeah. DuckDuckWrong. I don't know about with quotation marks, if that changes anything, because I don't know if they have special things like that. Oh, it's a surgeon oh, okay. that does not track you. How do they make money? <laughs> <laughs> well, such is the case for many upcoming things that plan to unseat the major corporations. They're going to They're have like, to sacrifice hey, profit. <laughs> we're not going to ever do ads. And then they realize, oh, wait, we can't sustain a business that way. Okay, so we're but not yeah. top five. Not six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're not even on the first page. Yeah. <laughs> we are nowhere. So what I have to do is scroll down the page a whole lot and then use control F to search within my search <laughs> to find the thing I'm actually looking for. Got it. <laughs> What a great search engine. Hooray, they've searched for everything that combines the word <laughs> the and chronicles without having the word Wikipedia in the middle. middle. I mean, you I think guess that you... they would have the combination of those words in order be near the top. But you know? as it would turn out, it would be wrong. And I that guess we like get what we pay for, it. and what we've been paying for by using Google is just sacrificing all the things we have ever wanted and desired into the hive mind. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, let's go investigate DuckDuckGo and see how this weird site came to be. Yes. After I disconnect from my Wi-Fi and reconnect. Because get back on the why internet. would it be easy? Hmm. <laughs> As we mentioned already, uh, it emphasizes protecting searchers' privacy and avoiding the filter bubble of personalized search results. But the thing is, I kind of want personalized search results because, you know, I'm searching for things that I want to look for. Yes. So if it already knows, okay, he's probably looking for this. That's kind of what I want to happen. Right. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> scroll through pages and pages of results to find the thing that I wanted to find in the first place. But in any case, um, it distinguishes itself from other search engines by not profiling its users and by deliberately showing all users the same search results for a given search term. Um, and... It emphasizes getting information from the best sources rather than the most sources, generating its search results from key crowdsourced sites such as Wikipedia and from partnerships with other search engines like Yandex, Yahoo, Bing, and Yumly. So they just use the other <laughs> search engines to figure out what they want to do. So, okay, here's a genius idea. 
All right, so you start up a new uh, web search, like web page. And what you do is when somebody types in a their search terms, uh, the site Googles it and then brings back the results from Google and displays those. Right. I think that would be a great idea. No, that would be that would actually be pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, because I can't think of a reason why that wouldn't. Why haven't they done that already? To be honest, so that would be uh, you know, same results, but then people feel like their privacy is being protected. What is Alexa rank? Uh, the rank of it, Alexa's are ranking is of how popular a website is, like how many clicks it gets, mm. like versus everything else on the internet. Oh, okay. Bouncing o- bouncing over to Alexa, I just noticed that it is it provides commercial web traffic data and analytics and it is wholly owned subsidiary of Amazon.com. Hence the name. Hence the name. For the, you know, little little AI guy that works for the CIA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this uh DuckDuckGo out of the greater Philadelphia area and has 21 employees. And did you know that the company name originates from the children's game Duck Duck Goose? Did you have any idea that that was connected? I could have Googled it, figured it <laughs> out. But, you know, uh, y- yeah, wow. To uh, I me, mean, that's, that's a big shocker right there. Pretty, pretty huge. Pretty huge. Huge shocker. Huge. Um, source code, or some of DuckDuckGo's source code is free software hosted at GitHub under the Apache 2.0 license. But the core is proprietary. Uh, I feel like that's strange. So wait, did they just like build like a part of it and then we're like, all right, we already got this. We'll just take this free stuff from somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Because, I mean, Google's all been all about open source stuff the entire time. Oh, yeah, so true. I, I wouldn't imagine that would be very different from what they did. Uh, but in on two, in 2014, they launched an, a redesigned version that focused on smarter answers and a more refined look. And the new version added often requested features such as images, local search, and auto-suggest, and more. 2014? 2014. Do they mean like you were able to search an image like by way of taking a picture and using that? Because I feel like you could search images on Google a long time before 2014. I wouldn't be surprised if they meant search for images. <laughs> right. <laughs> on DuckDuckGo. Well, okay, that's fair. Like, it could have been that they were just like, you know what, we're only going text-based. Yeah. And then people were like, yeah, I kind of want images, too. And then they were like, okay. Wow. And Apple actually included DuckDuckGo in its Safari browser as an optional search engine. And then Mozilla added it as a search option. I doubt that Google Chrome has added it. Yeah, somehow I don't think... I does Google even have other optional default search engines for like the search bar? Uh, <laughs> like I feel like they just know. You know what, if you're have... using Chrome, you're gonna want to use Google too. Like there's <laughs> right, and they probably I do think they probably have like uh, an extension like, you could get for Chrome. Yeah, probably. But to replace Google, no, no, no. Yeah, I I feel like that's just like you know. Besides, what are you going to replace Google with? Something that Google shares data with? <laughs> like, there's not really... You're kind of boxed in, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was founded in 2008. So it took them six years to get images up on there. Um, it was started by Gabriel Weinberg, and his last uh, venture was the Names Database, which I'm not really familiar with. Hmm. The, the names database? Yep. What's it? What names, though? Like, all the names? I don't know. Because yes. I feel like that seems a lot simpler than, like, a... But the names database was acquired by United Online in 2006 for $10 million. 
Initially self-funded by Weinberg, DuckDuckGo is now advertising supported, but the user has the option to disable ads. Huh. Which, I feel like if you're given the option, you're probably going to disable the ads, which kind of defeats the purpose and removes the funding. So... (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out exactly how this is solvent, really, is what it yeah. comes down to. I mean, obviously it is, but I think, and I hate to say this, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be because it's one of the search engines that doesn't track you and allows you an option to go through Tor, which is the untraceable <laughs> internet thing. So, like, because it welcomes shady dealings, mm. uh, I think somebody somewhere is like, yeah, <laughs> this is the one. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. I feel if like you're it, using a browser where your URLs are things like 3G, 2U, PL, 4Q, P, 6KUFC4M.onion, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be using the search engine. Yeah. Maybe you should just kind of know where you're supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's definitely just inviting the dark web to a safe place. Yeah. And the dark web has, I think, reimbursed it. No, I mean, they have some pretty... They have a lot of earns, earnings. Do they? Yeah, dude. Look at the history down here. You see um, that by May 2012, there's 1.5 million searches a day through this thing. What? It earned $115,000 in revenue in 2011, but it only had three employees. <laughs> so they were, you know, not getting wealthy yet yeah but uh there was also a small number of contractors so it was really like not earning as much as it was supposed to be like paying people mm. given what like those people would normally be paid right um alexa uh, reported a three-month growth rate of 51 percent though because DuckDuckGo was built pretty much like right in time for privacy concerns to become huge yeah. and uh so now it's up to, as of 2012, it was up to 1 million per day. Uh, DuckDuckGo searches were numbered in about 45 million per month as of October 2012. Um, and beyond that, it doesn't really give me any further statistics. I don't, hmm. I don't really see anymore. So that leads me to believe that it has become... Oh, wait, no. Ba- down here. Traffic. Here we go. Oh, okay. It seems to have gone to the robots. <laughs> As of uh, this year, in January, 13,400,000 searches a day. And 1.6 million of those is bots. 5.4 million of those is API. Now, what I want to know is, is how the number of direct searches in 2014 was or maybe that's a- 4 million, API searches was 18 million, and bot searches were 453,000, and then when 2017 comes around, there's 13 million direct <laughs> searches as opposed to only 5 million API searches. Hmm. What, is, what is API, I guess? Is I have no question. idea. No idea what that is, but... The point is, it's becoming very popular. Yeah. Apparently. But, I mean, it's not 3 billion popular, but it's, uh, you know. It says that uh, in a Washington Post article, it concluded that Weinberg's non-ambiguous goals make him a particularly odd and dangerous competitor online. He can do almost everything that Google or Bing can't because it could damage their business models. If users figure out that they like DuckDuckGo way better, Weinberg could make could damage the big boys without even really trying. It's asymmetrical digital warfare, and his backers at Union Square Ventures say Google is vulnerable. But that was in 2012. Here we are in 2017. Google is going nowhere, and um, DuckDuckGo is going nowhere. <laughs> nope. No, it is not. <laughs> It is indeed growing. Uh, so, um, I don't think Google is in any danger of being overthrown just because they have 
such well-defined features and they're getting better all the time and it's very easy to find things like the Wikipedia Chronicles on there as opposed to DuckDuckGo which uh, you can't find things as easily necessarily so oh and uh, apparently there's a web browser called GNOME which replaced Google search with DuckDuckGo as the default search engine or wait no, GNOME is a what software or a, an operating system? Uh, GNOME I thought was a browser, but maybe it is. And wait, okay. All right, well here, GNOME replaced Google Search with DuckDuckGo as the default search engine in web, the default GNOME web browser. Starting with version 3.10. What the heck is a gnome? <laughs> I don't know. It's referring to like itself as both a web browser and an operating system, it seems like. Yeah. Maybe we should get a gnome. Maybe we should. I like how at uh, the WWDC keynote in 2014, Apple announced that DuckDuckGo would be included as an option for search. Like it's some big announcement. Like, you couldn't have done that already somehow. <laughs> it's like, yay, they're including DuckDuckGo. <laughs> I, I mean, they probably made those 500 people or so really happy. <laughs> oh, and then there's a Pale Moon web browser. Well, that sounds interesting. Um, they included DuckDuckGo as a default search engine. What is Pale Moon? I don't know. I guess it's a web browser. Looks like it. <laughs> I, I, is that like something the kids are using these days? Oh, it's, uh... it's from 2009. This was its first release, so I'm going to go ahead and guess. No. no it's a web, web browser you can download. That's true. You want to check it out? I doubt I will keep it for very long, but I don't know. Um, so do we want to just go on GNOME and see what that is? Yeah, let's do GNOME. I feel like if we don't go there, it's going to bother us. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so GNOME, in all capitals, it is... Um, an acronym for the GNU Network Object Model Environment. That's wow. pretty cool. An acronym within an acronym. That's pretty awesome. Wow. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> Developed by the GNOME Project, which is comprised of both volunteers and paid contributors, the largest con corporate contributor being Red Hat. What the... <laughs> It is an international project that aims to develop software frameworks for the development of software. What? The what? <laughs> <laughs> develop software frameworks for the development of software. It's developmental software, developing software? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to make software to make software. And that's why there's an acronym in the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is just one crazy kind of whatever it is. Uh, yep, <laughs> it sure is a weird part of whatever weird it is. It would sure be nice to know what exactly it is, actually. Uh, what is a desktop environment? That's my question. Because that's what it, it claims it is. So it's basically an operating system. But the, it's but, not just an operating system. It's not like Linux or something that you can like type things in. It's not a command prompt. It's yeah. GUI. It is but something that gives you a desktop. It says its target operating system is Linux. So it's an overlay of Linux. You can you can make desktop. So it's like a Linux skin now. of yeah. Linux or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. There's... Uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, Gnome aims to make the make and keep the desktop environment physically and co cognitively ergonomic for people with disabilities. The oh. GNOME HIG tries to take this into account as far as possible, but specific issues are solved by special software. 
GNOME addresses computer accessibility issues by using the Accessibility to Toolkit, or ATK, application programming interface, which allows enhancing user experience by using special input methods in speech synthesis and speech recognition software. Particular utilities are registered with ATK using Assistive Technology Service Provider Interface, AT-SPI for short, and become globally used throughout the desktop. Several assistive technology providers, including Orca, Screen Reader, and Dasher Input Method, were developed specifically for use with GNOME. Hmm. Then there's also the GNOME Shell, which is the official user interface of the GNOME desktop environment. It features a top bar holding from left to right an activities button, an application menu, a clock, and an integrated system status menu. Hmm. Looks pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool-looking little skin. Yeah. Very utilitarian and very simple, mm-hmm. but probably very desirable for people who like. They, if their aim is to help people who have disabilities mm. use computers, then this is like you know keep it less busy. Yeah, give it to the point. Yeah, I like that. Though there is something interesting about how GNOME is a humanitarian open source free software thing that people can get I think for free let me see and that they are aiming at people who have disabilities and yet they still came out with like a, a thing for like masking your searches for DuckDuckGo <laughs> is what I, uh, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing to me is that yeah. like this is for disabled people. Also, hackers could use it if they want to. <laughs> like, um, what are you trying to say? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and what, one thing that's interesting about all that is under core applications, it says... Um, oh, that's a long sentence. Commonalities of the GNOME core applications are the adherence to the current GNOME HUD guidelines as well as the tight integration with underlying GNOME layers like EG... Like EG? Uh, like example given. <laughs> okay, I guess I expected it not like to be there. Um, GVFs and also with one another EG GOA GNOME online accounts settings and GNOME files with Google Drive and GNOME photos with Google Photos. Some programs are simply renamed existing programs with a revamped user interface, while others have been rewritten from scratch. So they give an option other than Google as like their default, and then they go and use like Google Drive and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems weird. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like there is a lot of deep computer jargon in this article. I'm probably not going to. Not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, at least we know now it's a type of kind of operating system slash skin of an operating system for disabled people. Right. Looks pretty cool. So, we've come from <laughs> Lily Mirajnik to Gnome. So, <laughs> I never thought we'd... Make that leap, but um, and not that many articles too. No, no, it's actually been pretty good. Um, So if you enjoyed this, please visit facebook.com/twcpodcast. Give us a like and follow. Head over to iTunes and rate and review us. And you can also find new episodes on our website twc.ericterribio.com. And I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and the Boswell Sisters for our outro song. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Linux overlays confuse me. <laughs> There's so many different ones, and I'm just like, there can only be a very small amount of people using any of these. Like, why did everybody put all of this like time and effort into these varying out yeah. branches of uh, Linux? Like, I used Linux for a little while. It was cool, but I, I mean, I guess it's free. It's neat. Free things are cool, but I just don't. I just don't get why there's so much of an effort. <laughs>
looks like uh, based on the GNOME website, it almost looks like it's designed for like a touch screen. Yeah, I mean it's like this big. Uh, I mean it's like these big friendly buttons. Yeah, essentially like a tablet look to it. You get GNOME three. Nah, <laughs> I think I'm okay. I, I really don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't sit here and question and then be like, "Ooh, number three. <laughs> I think the problem is, is that like the allure of half this stuff is kind of gone. The allure is mostly like this is something you can open source, like get in there and mess around with and do whatever you want to with it. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Windows or Mac, where it's like locked down somewhat mm. or is expensive to upgrade things on it. Um, so that makes it a little more desirable that way. But if Windows starts pulling crap like, hey, you have Windows already? You already gave Microsoft money? Okay, fine. Have an upgrade for free. Then I can't really see that there's yeah. going to be too much market for it going forward. But then there's not going to be too much market for laptops, desktops in general going forward. They're going to become machines for work. Yeah. And people will have everything they need on their phone. So yeah. <laughs> tablet, they don't. These are machines for production. Like you're, these are going to become things like you see, like audio equipment. You're going to see them in studios and in drafting. Firms. You're not going to see them <laughs> just out and about anymore. You're not going to be regular, like even for accounting. You're not going to see them. Like yeah. tax firms aren't going to use them. 